0: Like Treason News, everyone, pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I went to like a pre-wedding like get-together. I don't know what they're called. Uh, uh it's
1: like a they used sometimes they're called rehearsal dinners, sometimes they're just it wasn't
0: though. Regular. It wasn't a rehearsal yeah. dinner, it was just like cocktails. Uh yeah, but, but I mean, not cocktails. It was at a brewery. Um mm-hmm. which I don't know why, but beer lately just takes me the fuck out. Like I had two and I was like, I'm a sleepy baby and I need to go home now.
1: I can't really drink it at all anymore. Uh it makes me feel gross and tired, and then uh I have a hangover that's worse than
0: any anything like Oh, see, fortunate in that I don't have a hangover, so that's good. Uh, Probably because I I, I only had two beers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That helps, certainly. Uh, I have not been able to enjoy a beer since someone said to me one time that beer is liquid bread. And I was like, that's disgusting. And that's all I think about when I drink it now. Uh, It's got that yeasty smell. And I'm like, yep, it's liquid bread. That's, that's really rough. Mm-hmm.
1: I, although speaking of bread last night, I went to a Friday fish fry at a old fashioned Wisconsin supper club, one of the ones that's like all dark wood paneling. Oh and, my And uh, we sat down, there was a bowl of a heaping bowl of coleslaw waiting for us. And then they brought <laughs> us a basket of bread. A it was literally just two loaves of bread that had been cut up, one white and one rye.
0: Here's what's upsetting <laughs> to me. The phrase, a <laughs> heaping pile of coleslaw
1: is um, not great. Uh, I it's mean, a it was delicious, but, I'm sure it was, uh, but
0: that description, I'm like, that's, that's bad. That's a bummer.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, of course, all of the food was served with your choice of potatoes so there was the oh my god. loaves of bread and would you like a baked potato or a french fry with your uh your giant pieces of fried fish
0: the potato what a what a miracle food the potato is oh you my know? god
1: I mean props to your people for really, yeah thank you yeah
0: yeah although kind of Poland too but yeah
1: yeah, it's true. I mean, but so we got the we got the potatoes covered.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Between the two of us, we know every way to prepare a potato. And it will be delicious. Damn right. Um, so I don't know. How do you feel about the first former US president um having a mugshot ever?
1: I mean, I actually <laughs> looked it up. It's the same face that he has in promo photos for the first season of The Apprentice. Do you think
0: (laughs) I have a very important question. Do you think that former President Trump thought he was serving cunt? Yes, I do. Oh, I couldn't tell if he was like I really thought he'd give it a little more sass, you know, like a little smirk, maybe like a wink, maybe a thumbs up. And he just looks like dejected. But I think maybe he was going for cunt.
1: I think he was going for, like, I am a serious man and I am, def- I think it was defiant.
0: Mm. I um, could see that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, like we were talking about, uh, failing despots mm. enter into a period in their decline that is essentially angry drag queen.
0: Yes, It's so true. When you look at like the Venn diagram of drag queens and despots in their last throws, there is a lot of overlap. They become bitchy queens. They're like, you're all jealous of me. You're all plotting against me. Um, You can't deal with the fact that I'm winning and I'm like, I have all this power and they really become divas. So,
1: abs, like, pathetically and unsuccessfully serving cunt is
0: 100%
1: also on that checklist.
0: Yeah, that is very true. Um, I am confused as to why anyone is acting like this is going to lead to good things um like obviously it's very cathartic to see the mugshot and all of the mugshots. oh my god so many you know uh rudy's and everybody who is involved in uh trying to overthrow a democratic election um but i mean there was just a poll of iowa republicans and it was like 49% would still vote for trump <laughs>
1: jesus post well, everything it, yeah, that's why he's, not, not, he's like, a cult it's it not, doesn't matter
0: it doesn't yeah. matter we ha- okay we have the mugshot okay yeah great uh w- the country is still in fucking turmoil and these people are in a cult they don't care
1: yeah they're ready to just go to the barricades about whatever because it has nothing to do they don't they've just all decided that he's their guy
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And, like, again, I I would not begrudge anybody their moment of happiness. Oh, my God, we have to find happiness wherever we can these days. So people were popping the fuck off on Twitter. I'm never going to call it X, by the way, just so you guys know. It's always Twitter. Um, People were having fun, and I think that's great, you know. Uh, So I'm not yucking anybody's yum. I'm just kind of like, (sighs) I think, unfortunately, it just won't matter. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You but know? I do think that they, it's really lovely that, and I, I mean lovely, like the Fulton County DA actually just saying, well, we're just going to do this. Like, I
0: absolutely, <laughs> and like, I'm the one who said like former presidents don't go to jail. I'm amazed, honestly, that it has progressed this far and all all credit to the legal teams who, like, didn't let up and just had their boot on his neck the entire time, like, good on you. Somebody had to try to show that the rule of law still exists, I guess. Yeah. Um, but... And I mean,
1: it, we can have... I, we can be skeptical. It's okay to be skeptical, Allison. <laughs> I think, like, the cynicism is warranted. Yeah. But we do have to also recognize that, unlike some of the other prosecutions that seem really Either hampered by external forces, or uh, like kind of embellished, I guess, in Mm -hmm. the sense of like they were a little bit of a stretch. Like this is, I think, the best possible shot. For sure. That we have for actual accountability. And, and listen, I you know, I figured we had to talk about it.
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I figured we had to talk about it because treason is in the name of the show. And the name of the show is from obviously Arrested Development, but uh, in regards to Trump committing like treason. So I was like, oh, we absolutely have to talk about this. And it show. was kind of
1: a big thing.
0: It was kind week, of a big you deal, know? you guys. Former uh, First former U.S. president ever. Have a mugshot. Um so I don't know if I officially plugged this, but I just want to do so quickly. If you have the ability to donate to the um, Maui Strong fund, I would ask like, if you can kick them a couple dollars, five dollars, that would be great. That's one of like the trusted. I'm always like very hesitant after some kind of disaster like this to say, like, donate to this charity. But Maui Strong is like the locals organized by the locals, and the funds will go to locals. So I feel reasonably confident saying Maui Strong's a good um, charity to donate to in the wake of the horrific fires in Hawaii.
1: Yeah. Um, and just keep looking for places to help if possible. Yeah. And I- probably like, be thoughtful <laughs> if you know people who are – Planning on going on vacations. Yes. You know, although I have seen a lot of back and forth. I've seen some both. people are saying like, yeah. okay, well, this part of the island, no, but this is, things Because, is-
0: unfortunately, like, they do rely on tourism dollars, so you don't want to be the person saying, like, don't go to Hawaii, because then it's like, well, then you're fucking, <laughs> like, a lot of businesses no. that rely on tourism dollars, but... There is that predatory thing happening where, yeah, like things are so bad right now. Um, Perhaps now is not the best time to like be encroaching on locals, um, you know, lives when they're trying to collect the pieces. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the strike because it's still going, guys.
1: Oh my now, God, it's still going.
0: Yeah, it's still going. And did you see that the studios are hiring PR crisis firms now?
1: Yeah, and uh, the <laughs> they've contracted with a DC-based uh, crisis PR group as well. Yeah. So it's uh, pretty ridiculous.
0: Like, I don't know, if I had to hire a firm to convince people I'm not an asshole, perhaps that would inspire me to pause and reflect on, am
1: I an asshole? Yeah. As someone said, uh, now we'll see the, uh, we'll go from uh prominent showrunner to uh striker who just wants to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, it is truly that sketch. Like, are we the baddies? Uh, yeah, you are absolutely the baddies. I, obviously the biggest news I think that's come out recently is that they did bump, Dunes release date. And I think that's really interesting because I think it shows a couple things. I think it shows that they're really, the studios are scared and they think that the strike's going to go on a while. But I also interpret it as a pretty clear threat against the writers and actors where they're like, we can bleed you guys dry. We can wait until March of 2024 to release arguably our biggest film of the year, we're confident you will fold by then.
1: Yeah. I think also it is an attempt to, uh, scare the cinema businesses, you know, like this is about trying to create more pain for other, for other parts of the industry that goes even further beyond what's already happening. So, as I said in a conversation that we were having a couple of days ago, um, there's it feels like there's this sense that they need to be proving to their shareholders that if they can't be bringing in money, they can be taking pain.
0: Right, right.
1: So it's like, okay, guys, like don't worry. We know that our projections are off. We know that things are looking really bad, but we're making them all suffer. So please accept our suffering offering and don't fire us
0: it's it's really ugly like especially when you see there was a chart floating around the other day that i posted on instagram which by the way guys if you don't follow me on instagram i'm just at alice and kilkenny i'm always at alice and kilkenny on all of the social media because i'm fucking boring and i don't like to come up with a clever name um showing what exactly the WGA is asking for in terms of percentage of their annual revenue. And it's like (laughs) 0.05% like for the people who make all of your content, you know, like who write everything um, they're asking for so little. And the studios are like, we'll fucking bleed you dry. We'll just wait till you can't pay your mortgage. You can't pay your rent. Like, that's how unreasonable they're being. And then it's maddening to see, you know, the trades frame it as like the union being unreasonable and unrealistic. And it's like, they're asking for so little, so little, so little.
1: And it also came out this week that, uh, when the studios had offered to share streaming viewership data <laughs> the but tribute
0: were, the tribute they asked for
1: <laughs> yeah they were going to uh that it was only going to be available to what six yeah,
0: people <laughs> six people and then i sort of inferred that like those six people then would not be able to like probably they'd have to sign an nda or something um because obviously the goal was to not share their numbers because they've been lying they've been lying yeah. this whole time especially netflix and they don't want that information to get out to the public because it will tank their stock prices Even though like, did you see Disney's stock value the other day plummeted? So like whether or not they're willing to show or share these streaming numbers, the strike is going to have an impact on their stock. So it's like, guys, I I, this just feels like panic move after panic move. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, and you have the CEO of Netflix uh, publicly being worried that if, they give a deal to the unions here in the United States that that will lead other countries they have deals with to oh want to be treated fairly and i'm like oh so you're worried about korea
0: they're terrified of south <laughs> korea like they they really really thought they just had a gold mine over there where they're like oh we can get all of this content from you and treat you like shit and pay, like pay you nothing and certainly not give you residuals and we'll just do that forever right Mm-hmm and now suddenly the workers are like wait a second and they're fucking pissing themselves cuz the their nightmare is global solidarity
1: yeah obviously and yeah. this will be it'll be very it, you know I'm very interested to see how things continue to unfold because it doesn't seem like anything is is going to change the resolve of the people who've actually been on strike and every time something happens it just is another moment when people look bad it is funny to watch people absolutely shitting their pants and in fury over dune being delayed as if this is like (laughs) look sorry somebody took your toy away i
0: know that's really frustrating especially like some of these people expressed solidarity to the strikers before but now that it's their toy they're pissed and it's like listen maybe it's i'm getting old i don't know but I'm very excited about Dune. March does not feel that far away to me. I'm like, I can wait till March um, to ensure the future of writers and actors careers in this country. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if me getting Dune earlier means I have to capitulate on AI, (laughs) it's like not worth it. You know, like what, especially Dune. Dune is a warning about AI. So like, if you're a Dune fan, you think you would understand
1: <laughs> the importance
0: right. of this moment.
1: It's like, sorry guys, you haven't degraded our attention spans quite that much. I can wait. I can
0: wait. It's in yeah. Listen, I like I said, I'm a huge fan of Dune. I'm so jazzed. I wanted them to have their moment. I want them to be able to do all the press. I want them to have the red carpet events. The the crew and the actors deserve that. They they worked really hard on this. Um if anything i'm like listen denise gets more time now to perfect the film like great he doesn't feel rushed now wonderful yeah most importantly (laughs) is the strike where it's like if you claim to support workers rights if you are in any way worried about ai and how it will impact not just like the entertainment industry but our society at large um that should not be the priority, guys. Like, I I know everybody's bummed. Like, it's gonna be a sleepy fall season. We're gonna have to get creative about what we talk about on this show. That's those are small potatoes, you know? Yeah. I mean, we people need to be eating. Yeah, I don't understand why people aren't like I think people are still really buying into the propaganda of all actors and writers are millionaires. <laughs> Because, like, they seem very angry the longer the strike is going on. You know, the the solidarity that seemed pretty universal is getting a little more fractured because people are like, wait a second, I'm not going to have TV to watch. And it's like, yeah, that's what a strike is. If a strike doesn't impact the flow of normalcy in your life, it's not a good strike. Yeah. Meaningful. Yeah. yeah. Um. So can I for a moment... This is a hard pivot into a very, not entirely frivolous thing, but just it was a very revealing thing to me personally.
1: Yes. Please feel free to pivot.
0: Okay. She's going to go off, you guys. So I hope you're sitting down. It's not that serious, actually. So a friend of mine sent me a free trial for Green Chef. And so I did it. I did it one time because it's so expensive. I could only do the free trial and all you have to pay for is shipping, right? This is me keeping it real on the show, guys. A lot of podcasts are sponsored by Green Chef. I'm just going to tell you about my experience with Green Chef, (laughs) which is first, let me do a compliment sandwich and say that the recipes are really good. Like once I was done making the meal and eating the meal, I was very satisfied. Um having said that it was a very illustrative experience because it really um reminded me why it is so hard for people to eat healthy in this country. Um first and foremost being that the portion sizes are portion sizes are incredibly small. Like the one I got was supposed to be like minimum four servings per like meal that I was making and it was one meal to me. And I don't think I Have like
1: eat a ton. I don't eat a ton. Like a okay, give me lots of things.
0: Exactly. So like I like to like graze actually. So the fact that it was one portion for me, I was like, okay, so these are incredibly small portions. It's very, very expensive. I think for my budget, it is expensive. And it was just like a bummer because I was like, you know, it would be so much cheaper for me to order a shit ton of Taco Bell and just get more bang for my buck. And I think a lot of times people who are more privileged are like, oh, poor people are like lazy or um, I don't know, they don't have a desire for higher quality food. And it's like, no, no, no. This is actually just like very expensive, very small portions, very labor intensive. Like I have to work during the day. So like I was like rushing to make these meals and it's like an hour long process. And I was like, if I had kids, no way.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I've definitely had, like, uh, I knew people that had had the meal prep or meal delivery services, and sometimes the recipes were really simple, and sometimes they took forever. Forever,
0: and they lie in the recipe where they're like, oh, it'll be 45 minutes. Hour and a half later, I'm like, yeah, 45 minutes maybe if I had an entire, like, kitchen staff helping me. (laughs) and then And then you have to wash all the pots and, like, clean up everything, and I was like, yo like no way I couldn't do this every day absolutely not absolutely not um so yeah it was kind of like I don't know whenever we talk about food deserts and stuff like that I it's also just it is a labor issue too where it's like it's fucking hard I'm saying we should pay housewives and house husbands well, Basically. yes, obviously wages for the household. government should pay for that because like, it's a lot of labor. If you're preparing three meals a day for your entire family, like Jesus Christ. And I'm one person and I'm like, this is fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think also I'm out of practice. Cause like I used to cook all the time and now I've kind of gotten, cause I work so much, I've gotten into the flow of just like picking up meals, you know?
1: Oh, there was so long where I was doing really, really well with cooking. And in the last few weeks, I've just had such a hard time making myself do it. Um, I'm going to go back to
0: meal prepping because that was working for a while. Like if I just pick one, like a Sunday and I just make my food for the week and put it in the fridge, that has worked okay for me.
1: That's smart. That's smart. Mm -hmm. I know I need to make myself go to do like a real grocery shop that involves thinking about what I'm going to be eating Uh, not pretending like I'm some overscheduled, high-powered girl boss baby. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A busy
0: businesswoman? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Busy business bitch. I uh, need to, to accept that I am, in fact, not busy. I can make some fucking food.
0: That is true. (laughs) Around like hour eight of texting you about some film I'm watching, I probably could squeeze in preparing a meal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, probably. I'm about, instead of figuring, instead of debating with you, which movie I should watch next, I could probably get up and start chopping some things.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I need to get motivated to do that stuff. Um, Yeah. By the way, guys, I'm stretching because I don't have a ton of recs. I do have some. Oh, um, well,
1: I have something that I can yeah. talk about that I think. So awesome. this is one of these moments when I will be talking about sports, but <laughs> we get to be angry at assholes, so it's okay. okay. Um, last weekend, the Women's World Cup concluded. The Spanish team won. Spain beat England. England. And uh, the Spanish women's team had, a, had been the sort at the center of a lot of controversy going into the World Cup because more—I th- think it was a dozen or more than a dozen players had said they would not play for the national team if the country's soccer federation didn't fire the coach that they had been to work they had been working for because he was abusive.
0: Oh, like uh, in the- like emotionally or physically.
1: Uh, there wasn't a lot of detail, but certainly emotionally, like yeah. they said that he was, a, they were like, we hate work. We don't want to play for him wow. because he's awful to us. Um, so the Federation supported the coach. He said, fine, don't play. Put together another team with other players, um, many of whom were very, very young and they ended up winning. Oh, wow. So this is, you know, it was a wonderful achievement that these players managed to succeed despite this absolute monster. Revenge squad. Yeah. However, when they won, one of the players, Jenny Hermoso, absolutely spectacular player, goes to shake the hand and be congratulated by the president of the Spanish Soccer Foundation. Oh, God. And he straight up kisses her on the map.
0: What the fuck,
1: dude. Uh, and you can hear her on the video saying to another player as she's walking away. I didn't like that.
0: Oh God. Gross.
1: So she said, this is not okay. I want an apology. The the president of the federation said, Oh, well it was totally consensual. We have a great relationship. This is totally (laughs) fine. Um, she's been very outspoken. Um, Now, so they call for him to be removed. They're still pissed about Jorge Vilda being in charge. Uh, So the Spanish Federation has now said they're considering taking legal action for lying about what happened. Wow. Against her. What? Because we can see what happened.
0: Um, yeah, all you saw was a dude kissing someone on the mouth and you are projecting that she must have consented,
1: right? So the FIFA has now suspended the, this guy, uh, uh, Robilus is his name Arubilis, uh, has suspended him for 90 days. They're going to decide what other kinds of potential action they might take. Uh, a number, the, players more players are now saying they're not going to play any national team games until this man is removed good uh the spanish federation is saying okay well you're obligated to so we'll take legal action against you if you don't uh (laughs) other members of the training staff have started to say they're not playing players all over the world in the that are from all over the world in the national the nwsl here the professional league have been going on to play their games uh, and on their wrist tape have written Contigo Jenny as a sign of support. So um, we're seeing another example of just how profoundly disrespectful a lot of people in power with, you know, in the soccer world um, feel like they have a right to behave towards elite athletes how little they respect these athletes, even after they've done something that is so incredible. Um, And we're watching another round of women, the women players looking out for each other in a way that nobody else has any interest in doing. So I'm really curious and how this is going to play out, but the... The Spanish Federation has just been disgusting for like the last several years. (laughs) And they are so showing their asses. Like it's, it's disgusting.
0: (laughs) It's so interesting because, like, obviously I'm really glad that she's getting all of this support and there's this solidarity among the players. But like, I am in a bubble in terms of like hearing about that kind of stuff in professional sports. And whenever I am informed about what's happening, I am consistently horrified. Cuz like yeah. not that stuff is great in like the political realm or anything like that, but like when you see what the attitudes are towards female players, towards gay players, and like queer players in general, it is like horrifying. And it's across all sports.
1: Yes. Um and obviously since women's soccer is my thing I was a dedicated viewer of like every single game that I could get up for in the middle of the night I watched them after I taped them and watched them um, so this is a time you know every time there's a world cup there is a reason for women players to demonstrate why they're just so important I mean especially since there this was a year when the Jamaican team had to crowdfund for their incidental expenses because their national federation doesn't fund them adequately. Rosie is... Rosie's going ham on that quick. I, I put them all away and she has decided
0: that now that it's time... She's making a point right now. She's I like, know. oh, you thought you hit all my toys? Well, check yeah. this out. But uh, this
1: is... So It for a long time it was pay equity. We're watching these teams. Uh, you know, there were moments where... Uh, <laughs> I'm oh sorry. My God. I can't take
0: anything you're saying seriously. <laughs> Your frantic squeaking in the background. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> She's so far away, I, I can't know. Go get it. I know. I feel oh. Like... oh my god,
1: Rosie, stop it! Why don't you take it? Come here. Oh god. Uh, yeah, there was a reporter who asked one of the members of the Moroccan women's team about um, if there were gay players.
0: Like why is this even coming up?
1: Uh I mean, it's not safe to ask the players yeah. of the like of an Arab nation team if it's Mind if your business. Gay why like,
0: why do you need to know that? Yeah. There are
1: plenty of out gay players on yeah. every single like team where it is there are not massive social consequences for that and potential physical danger.
0: And uh, even if there weren't dangers, it's like, why do you need to know that? Yeah, just
1: be <laughs> excited for yeah. all of the adorable lesbians who are kissing their girlfriends on the, you know, on the pitch because they're out, and Australian or Swedish or Danish or Norwegian or whatever, like, just let it be cute. You don't need to make it all about this. But right. yeah, it was really, uh, there was just so much ass showing at at this cup in so many ways when there was a lot of really amazing soccer and it was such an incredible, um, shift, but yeah, the, there is fuckery abounding, uh, with the Spanish Federation and it just continues to blow my mind how it's like, I would, I would expect this from the Italians. I don't know why I thought that I wouldn't expect <laughs> it from the Spanish.
0: <laughs> I love that it's still so safe to always shit on the Italians. It's
1: they like once, the one like,
0: country where everybody's like, we can shit on the Italians, or right? in England, we can shit on England. Yeah. Right?
1: There were uh, sports fans threw bananas on the field Jesus. at an African player for an Italian who was playing for an Italian team,
0: what and that was fuck? like
1: within the last decade or so. Uh, listen I uh, I very
0: rarely say nice things about the United States but I do have to say having to been to other countries like Italy like France and Australia there is sometimes such overt racism like I honestly don't know if it's better here or if we just have disguised it better but they say some shit out loud that I'm like, holy God, <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is I mean, bad. All I'm
1: saying is it is safe to shit on the Italians because some of the things you're like, they couldn't possibly do. Nope. They absolutely did. And when Obama
0: was president. That's when it was like very obvious. Like France, there was like all of this racist art that was being posted around like Paris and stuff of like depicting the Obamas as, like, apes and stuff. And yeah. it was just like, holy shit, you know?
1: Again, yeah, not necessarily great.
0: that it's better here, but I was like, you for sure could not get away with saying some of the shit you guys are saying.
1: Yeah. It's just, it, it, these things exist in a totally different way that means that we're not experiencing it. And, or we don't, it, yeah, or maybe we don't notice it because it's just so much part of the air that we breathe that... Uh, We only end up seeing the worst of it. And we We don't go into um, those sections of Twitter. So that's kind of fine for us. But then you see it in France and you're like, oh my
0: God. We just have institutional racism. So like redlining and like police brutality. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just baked into the foundation of our country. But France is just like putting up racist cartoons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So, anyway, thank you for letting me go off on this. No, that's really interesting. I do think it's just fascinating that this it's just it's another example of a powerful man just utterly convinced that he'll win because he's a man it's like right he's being the studios you know
0: also that like his his how should i say this his perspective is objective truth so like he wanted to kiss her. He kissed her and he's like, "Right, cuz she wanted that to happen." Like, right. but not I mean, even necessarily, I was congratulating, her. That's totally fine. Not even necessarily that he is now lying. Like, I could believe that because he has this privilege as a man that he was like, "Yeah, that was that was nothing. That was like consensual." And it doesn't matter that she is saying to him and everyone, "I didn't want that to happen."
1: Yeah. Uh and yet somehow, oh no, she must be lying. She must be lying. Right. <laughs>
0: Right, right, right. She's being difficult. Yeah. Um, So this is like a little unorthodox, but I am seeing Bottoms tomorrow. So obviously I can't recommend it because I haven't seen it yet. But guys, I'm pretty sure it's going to be amazing. I'm pretty Yeah, excited. I think that's safe. Think and that's if you can, safe. if you're able to, I know it's a limited release right now, but if you live in a, a city where it's playing, Go see it in the theater. Don't wait for video on demand. It's going to be a great time.
1: Go watch a movie about a high school lesbian fight club.
0: I would like to see more mid-budget comedies get theater runs because obviously Billy Eichner's film didn't do well, uh, famously, and it's harder and harder these days to get mid-budget comedies made and this one is made by women so you know i and apparently it's great i've heard from people who have seen it and gotten screeners and stuff that it's quite good so i'm hoping uh momentum will build for it people seem like very excited so i'm hopeful
1: yeah also let's we can do a shout out for its runtime that is something that we can recommend Let's 92 go.
0: minutes. 92 minutes, baby. That's the longest a comedy should ever be, Judd Apatow. <laughs> <laughs> that third act, baby. Take a hatchet to that third act. Yeah. We uh, do
1: not need them to be longer. If if you have something extremely important going on. You don't, though. You can push to 99. <laughs>
0: you absolutely However, don't. In a comedy, you don't have... An important seven minutes you got to tack on. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not. I know you want to let your actors improvise. So I think that's great. Cut that scene, baby.
1: <laughs> that's right. If you have that, like those seven minutes can be like edited into a gag reel that plays during the credits. But absolutely, keep it in your pants, guys.
0: I'm of the firm belief that every male director needs a slightly cruel female editor who will be like, I know you think this is gold. It's like 40% gold and we need to cut the rest of this shit.
1: Absolutely. I think you're 100% right. Can we get someone to endow, like, what is this? The Selma Schoon- yeah. uh, <laughs> I fellowship was of Fellowship <laughs> for, uh, like, you know, training program for yeah. female editors. Uh you know, not only do they tell, do they teach you how to be a really brutal and wonderful editor, but you also learn how to be mean in the way that you need to be mean.
0: I wonder if fanboys know how many of their favorite male directors are only as good as they're perceived as being because of female editors.
1: I think most of them absolutely do not know that. Uh, <laughs> but and if, if you
0: are into film in any way, always look at who is editing some of your favorite films. Because you'll be surprised how often it's a lady.
1: <sighs> um, okay, I need to go back right in a second. And I I just, I'm going to send you this. Uh, okay, what is the it? The Spanish Federation has a statement.
0: Oh, uh
1: We have to state that Miss Jennifer Hermoso lies in every statement she makes against the president.
0: Uh, Jesus, But here's the thing. What is she lying about? We like, we have it on video that he kissed her and she's saying, I didn't consent to that. So are they saying like, she secretly did consent to it? Like what We have is-
1: all the pertinent reports and expert opinions that prove what the president has stated, and we are going to take the corresponding legal actions against all those people who are falsifying reality and committing very serious crimes. You're doing are that. facts what they are, and no matter how many statements are made to distort reality, it is, po- is it is possible to change what happened. The peck was consensual. The consent was given in the moment with the conditions of the moment. Later, you can wow. think that you have made a mistake, but you cannot change reality. <laughs> wow.
0: That's so crazy. That's what Trump does. He always projects yeah. what he did on somebody else. Anyway, so sorry,
1: sorry for going from bottoms back to this, but no, I just think that's like guys crazy. once again, you know, go see bottoms because it's made by women and the it's made by people who would not ever put up with such fuckery, and we need more of that in the world.
0: And also like, obviously I can't, I'll, you know, next episode I'll have my review of Bottoms. I'm just very excited about it. And I wanted to share that with everybody. And also like, it's not going to be in theaters that long. So I wanted to talk about it while it still is, but I can recommend Shiva Baby. So if, if you're interested in, uh, Rachel and, uh, her whole vibe, which I am, I think she's phenomenal. Um, shiva baby's such a good film it's like very claustrophobic and it, it makes you very anxious but like in a good way
1: yeah and it is very fun um so if that's so. all I don't have anything else. I will be seeing it as soon as I can. But I,
0: I yeah. have some other stuff um, that I'd been saving just because it was like not necessarily time sensitive. It's and it's still on streaming. So if you want to check it out. And this is like Dune adjacent because it involves McQueen, Rebecca Ferguson, uh Silo on Apple TV. Shockingly good. Huh. And without spoiling anything, because I, I'm really hoping you guys will check it out. One of the best season finales of anything I've seen in a while, where Ooh. I am like so hyped for season two because of what is revealed in the finale. Very but, cool. And it, it's also really exciting. Cause I think uh, Silo really establishes, not that she wasn't established before. Cause she was so fucking good in Dune, but Rebecca Ferguson is our sci-fi queen at this point. Between oh, absolutely. Silo yeah. and between Dune. Because we're at least going to get one more Dune. We might get two more Dunes. But, you know, that remains to be seen. But I, she is just fucking captivating. Even when she's doing, like, questionable accents, as she is in Silo. <laughs> where occasionally it gets like, okay, Rebecca, like, you know, her... Regular accent comes through a little more than probably she would have liked. Um, she's just so interesting to watch at all times. And she's always, and I think I told you this, Meredith, or I texted this to you, she's always slightly crazy, which I really like.
1: <laughs> yeah, she is always, she was always slightly crazy. Uh, and that comes out a lot when she does press for movies. I'm like, oh, you're weird and you're silly and you do not care.
0: She's really I, cheeky. Oh, no. Yeah. She's super cheeky. And she's like, got a really dirty sense of humor which again I love so like I love the vibe she's always putting out she's in some of the biggest franchises around like obviously Dune, Mission Impossible and like she's just fucking steady and reliable always and I'm like it's one of those things where I'm like she should be so famous and I feel like she's like on her way but like She's been so good for so long. I don't think I've ever seen her give a bad performance. Never.
1: Although I think she's in that movie, The Snowman, The I gave oh, you all the yeah. clues, Mr. Police. I never saw so, that. Is it worth it to see? No, it just, okay. no, okay. no. It's, it's so bad that okay. it is. No. Yeah, no.
0: thank you. Because I was like, if it's like bad enough where it's good, you know, it comes full circle again, Um, I'll watch it. But if it's just like boring and bad, I'll pass.
1: No, it's like painful bad. It's not even boring. It's just like uh, there was, you know, something like fifteen percent of the script they just didn't have a chance to shoot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I love hearing about when shit goes wrong like that because it, guys, it's so hard to make a movie, and like the shit people like manage to pull off. Like when you hear like Oppenheimer was filmed in fifty days, you're just like, how? How did you I know. do this? And, but, like, when you hear how bad it can go, like, yeah, we didn't have a chance to shoot most of the movie. It's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, well, it, the film's going to suffer because of that. Yeah.
1: Oh, you're going to, you want to make a tense crime thriller that has a lot of twists and turns and, uh, you know, and it's a mystery. But you couldn't shoot a big part of it. Like, I guess we improvise.
0: You will have
1: problems if that happens. Listen, you uh, can improvise
0: yeah. a comedy, some scenes. You can't improvise a drama that's very like plot driven.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will say if you're making a mystery of some sort, it should be a hundred minutes.
0: i you, fully agree.
1: i I will you know, for in the same way that a comedy should never be longer than ninety two minutes. if you made a ninety two minute mystery thriller you're going to be, it's going to be too fast and there's going to be whiplash. So you need that extra eight minutes in that case.
0: Ooh, you know what else we should talk about and recommend? Uh, Dark Winds.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, that's really been bringing me a lot of joy. So it's an AMC show that is based on uh, books by an author named Tony Hillerman, who's a very famous mystery writer, uh, who wrote a ton about... uh, it, Native American characters, it's mysteries um, set on the um, Diné Reservation in New Mexico, Arizona. I can't remember now. Southwest but,
0: um, area. Yeah, yeah.
1: Southwest uh, in the 1970s. And so it's a lot of, it's like creepy. You you have some creepy witch stuff, some creepy things like are there dark spirits around? Uh, but you also have a lot of like racism, corruption, basic Pretty detective fiction, and it—I've been really enjoying it.
0: I have too, and I like just wanted to shout them out because, especially the witch stuff, I felt like could have been really hokey and cheesy, and it's legitimately scary.
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely like not overstated, and is played in a way that doesn't feel nearly as othering as it could be when you're dealing with a a, a witch of any sort of yeah, culture it, it's somehow like witch.
0: very respectful of the culture while also like yeah um, but there's and also, also some
1: spectacular acting like there's great actors yes. in it um,
0: I wanted to talk yeah. about that because we were talking about actors who have been good in everything forever um, Zane McLarlan Cl- McLarnan is that it? Yeah, McCormick. Um is
1: who's so on Reservation Dogs and has been yes. in a ton of stuff. Like you, he's a that guy actor at this point.
0: He's so fucking good. Like, and this I've seen him in a million things, and I'm always like, God, he's so good. He's so solid, and I feel like Dark Winds really lets him shine. Yeah, and I he was plays like, the
1: whew. he plays the sheriff essentially.
0: Yeah, um, he he's a leading man. Like, he's so good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and in the first season. Um, There's a character played by Noah Emmerich from The Americans, and it (laughs) is really fun to see
0: plays. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Uh, but it is so fun. I had just I was like, this is a delight watching these two fantastic actors just be incredibly solid (laughs) in like just a straightforward genre story. Um, Sometimes it's just really delightful to watch people who are just so talented be great and then just like knocking it out of the park um Noah and also, is,
0: yeah Noah is one of my favorite uh all-time celebrity spottings when i was uh i was walking in park slope and he walked by me and i had just started watching the americans and i was fully starstruck i was like oh my god <laughs> it's him
1: Ah, oh, imagine what would have happened if you'd been walking down, you'd been walking further and you like past Matthew Reese. You would have just had an ordinary right on Fifth Avenue.
0: Died. <laughs> Fully dead. And, like, uh, I uh, also wanted to shout out, I had never seen her in anything before, but Jessica Matten um, is also great in Dark Winds. Uh, yes.
1: And special mention, one of the other characters is played by... Um, now I can't remember his name. But he's the actor that played Lysol in Blood Quantum, a movie that is obviously very close to
0: our hearts. Is that uh, Kiowa? Yes, yes. Kiowa Gordon, yeah.
1: Um, also really good. Just really fun to see him again. Um, and great that he's continuing to get work. I'm always happy to see.
0: Yeah, uh, so yeah. guys, please check out Dark Winds because it's on AMC. Um, It's great. I also speaking of comedies. I'm glad I'm getting to all of these because um, they were sort of like buried on my recommendation (laughs) (laughs) document, and they're all so good. Like as I'm seeing them, I'm like, oh shit! Uh, Rye Lane is a great, great comedy that's on streaming right now, Um, and it just follows these two young kids who have both just experienced very bad breakups. And it's in South London. It's directed by Rain Miller. Uh, It's very cool looking, very stylized. Um, You know, a black cast, a black director, um... And it's just a fucking delight. Like I am not a big romantic comedy person and I just felt so good watching this film. And I felt like lighter afterwards that I was like, oh, this is why people like romantic comedies. Maybe I've just been seeing bad romantic comedies (laughs) (laughs) and I just like have a bad opinion of them. I I usually find them to be very boring. Like I feel like I don't care about the romance as much as you think I should and it's not funny enough for me to be engaged and I both cared about this romance and it's legitimately funny so oh, check, I'll that have to out. check that out especially like Meredith I feel like we are very heavy on the horror and like I'm a very I have like a lot of like dad taste in movies where like I'll watch more like war movies <laughs> and stuff that like dads would really be into um and it's nice every once in a while to like balance it with a light comedy.
1: Yes. Uh I sometimes do that. Uh <laughs> Although sometimes I uh but that usually means that I turn on Criterion and I pick some obscure 1930s screwball that I'd never seen that's like quite mediocre but also just like delightful because everybody's behaving badly and it's ridiculous. But uh So I'm glad you're keeping me honest and having me go to see things like this.
0: Uh, And I just wanted to shout out David Johnson and Vivian Opara, who are the leads. Uh, They're both so good. It is that slightly frustrating thing where when you see actors who are that good, you're just like, why aren't you in everything? Yeah. Like, why haven't people seen like how good you are? And But, you know, Hopefully great things will follow from this um because yeah they are both so wonderful. Um there's a weird sound in the background.
1: Oh it's a it was a plane.
0: Oh wow, jeez, that was so loud. By the way, have you been able to hear the steel drums this entire time? No. Okay, great. Cuz I I my neighborhood <laughs> one of my neighbors every weekend plays the steel drums which is actually quite lovely in the background um but i was a little like can you hear it (laughs) but great you can't hear it awesome awesome no 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 it's just
1: uh it's just loud plane time oh there's um it's the fighter jets
0: oh sorry
1: i'm about to get droned
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're finally taking out meredith after all yeah this time.
1: well yeah one of the unfortunate things is ever since the, the fighter jets have always been here i think they were f-16s but now we have f-35s and it
0: is jesus obscene. that's so fucking loud that's crazy it's, well
1: that's the f-16 the f-35s are like twice that loud what the
0: fuck um, that's crazy
1: yeah and something we got like Sixty jobs in exchange for letting those monstrosities.
0: Um, you're noise welcome. Us. You're welcome. Yeah,
1: I am a little bit mad that both my congressman and my, you know, beloved senator, um, supported mm-hmm. this. Uh, um, but <laughs> this was only after both of them had moved out of the flight paths. <laughs>
0: um, I have one last. I think recommendation, but there's like a little bit of a caveat to it. And that caveat is that it's fucking crazy and makes no sense. But it oh, is- Oh, well like, now I
1: desperately need to know what you're talking about.
0: You already know, like that I was watching it, but it's hijack. Yes. <laughs> With Idris El- Elba uh, on Apple TV. That's an Apple, I think. Um and guys. I don't even want to tell you what goes down. I mean, obviously uh, in the title, you know, there is a hijacking of an airplane and Idris Elba is on the flight. And that is all I'm going to tell you. And just, um, leave reason at the door and just enjoy the ride because yeah. listen, does the plot make sense? No, it does not. Uh, do the motivations of certain people make sense, uh, from moment to moment? No, they do not. Um, Are there a million plot holes? Absolutely. Uh, Is it addictive and entertaining as hell? Yes. So if you just want like a dumb, mindless thing to watch. I'm really excited that there might be a season two because I'm like, what is the season two? I'm just hoping that it's sort of like Murder, She Wrote, where Idris is always on some kind of transportation that gets hijacked.
1: Just give it to me. Just make him, you know, make it that. I think it's perfect. We don't have to ask questions about why he's always on something that gets hijacked. And every time it's just like
0: an intense close up on him, rolling his eyes, like, here we go again.
1: Absolutely. Oh my God. Uh, I love it.
0: But going back to like, oh, you know, Idris Elba has been a leading man for so long. And I was listening to a podcast. I was like, this might be the industry finally figuring out where he fits because for so long they were like, is he James Bond? And, you know, aside from racist, the other industry concern was that he was too old to be James Bond. So, okay. He's not James Bond. Is he a leading man in the movies? Well, the box office would say no. Right. Um, but he's so beloved in the wire that it feels like and luther
1: and and luther Luther. they
0: figured out like oh this is our king of television and he's so good in hijack like he's clearly a leading man but it sort of clicked into place for me where i was like he's a leading man on television and he can carry an entire series and he's excellent and i kind of love i mean obviously i always want to see idris in movies but he's so good on tv
1: if if it's going to make, sh- if that's what it takes to make sure that he's getting work and I get to watch him in more things, keep putting him on television.
0: Exactly. I'm like, and by the way, we'll get more of Idris because TV series are more screen time than movies are. So I'm like, ooh, if this is like a net gain of Idris, yeah, <laughs> I'm into it.
1: You know, all that said, uh, if Pacific Rim is on television, I will watch it. That and is like low key.
0: Of him. pacific Rim is such a low-key sexy movie
1: absolutely so
0: sexy like because of him obviously but also the idea of like they have to pilot these giant robots together and like meld their minds together is like very hot
1: yeah there's they they actually work quite nicely on uh the intimacy level. Like, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I see what's, mm-hmm, yeah. There's yeah. some beautiful body horror element to it, but also yeah. it does force you to think, like, oh, yeah, this is basically fucking.
0: Yeah, but, like, even hotter, because it's, like, your whole body, including your brain. Right, right. Um Yeah, and so- also.
1: There are robots. They're giant robots fighting kaiju. So you know. So there's that too. If you're yeah. if you're
0: not into like the romance of it, of uh, giant robots fights. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Love, love that I got to throw get in
1: a a plug for Pacific Rim, a movie that's been out for ten years. No,
0: but like that's legit. Like that is an evergreen recommendation. Pacific Rim's so fucking good um and Idris Idris is in it so you were on theme because we were talking about hijack. Oh uh, well, yeah, I
1: was just thinking I was like "What are you know I definitely but it's if I see him in Pacific Rim I'm like oh yes give me more. I need his I need his big psych up speech to everyone. Uh him he's, walking around looking grizzled. Oh, give it to me. He's so
0: hot. And he's another actor who just keeps getting hotter. Like I was watching um oh shit. What was that uh Full Circle? like Timothy Oliphant gets hotter and hotter and hotter the older he gets. But Idris is another actor where it's just like in hijack, you know, like he's going a little gray and his like whiskers and his temple. And I'm like, you were hotter than ever. (laughs) It is absurd. Uh, Yeah. We can end things on talking about how hot Idris Elba is. I feel good about that.
1: I think that's a really great place uh, to leave it. Um, Also, Wonderful way to segue into our uh, current ending, given that uh, you know who else is in Pacific Rim? Ron Perlman.
0: Oh my God, yeah. And guys, uh, this is how we're going to end every episode um, until the strike is over. Follow Meredith on the socials, Meredith L. Clark. I'm at Alison Kilkenny. If you're inclined to do so, go to patreon.com slash Alison Kilkenny or lighttreason.news. Smash that donate button. Keep the lights on over here. Keep my co-hosts paid. Keep uh, the hosting fees paid for. All that good stuff. Um, And as always, as I said, until the strike is over, here's Ron.
1: The motherfucker who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments. Listen to me, motherfucker. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the fuck said that. And we know who said that. And where he fucking lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27 fucking million dollars a year for creating nothing. Be careful, motherfucker. Be really careful, because that's the kind of shit that stirs shit up. Peace out.